Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Whiskey Talk from the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. I'm Richard Goslin, editor of the Society's members magazine Unfiltered. With the world turned upside down because of the coronavirus pandemic, we've all been affected to various degrees, and that includes many distilleries. I caught up with Liam Hughes and Eleanor Quigley from Glasgow Distillery Company to find out more about how they've been working to provide much-needed hand sanitizer to frontline care workers. I started by asking distillery CEO and co-founder Liam how he came to make the decision to refocus the distillery's efforts into providing the hand sanitizer. This sort of all started for us um, when I took a phone call, oh my God, it must be at least three weeks ago now, from uh, Mike at Donut Bay Distillery. Um, I'm basically on a nine o'clock on Saturday morning going, Liam, uh, can you help? Um, And uh, I, I just basically listened to what he had to say um shared my concerns at the time in terms of um like I, I, I don't, how are you how on earth are you doing this with the uh, the duty um because he was using gns which was my biggest concern um so we, we were back and forwards over that weekend on the monday um i then uh, i started to pull together the practicalities of how we would do this looking at um uh, the world health organization um recipe um talking to trading standards, um, talking to HMRC, um, trying to find out where we could get hand sanitizer bottles, which uh, became apparent very quickly that that was a Um, non-starter. Mike had then subsequently, because he was getting stuff out the door up at Dunnett Bay locally to care homes, etc., um, he'd put my, my, my name and number into a, um, in, into a wider domain with my permission, I hasten to add. Um, I, and, and hence then the madness started when, and over the, the, the rest of that week, um, I, I, my phone just never stopped ringing with people from care homes, GP practices, pharmacies, head of procurement at NHS and for the Central Belt for Greater Glasgow. I mean, the list just went on and on and on and on. Was this, so Liam, was this before you'd even started producing the hand sanitizer that your, yeah, your, yeah. your name was out there, that this was in the works, this was on its yeah. way? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, 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 so we, we, it was obvious to me that um, there was a massive, massive, massive problem um, all over the UK, but certainly um, in, in and around Glasgow in the west of Scotland. Um, so, so we, I started, so everybody was having conversations behind the scenes. There was lots of con- contradictory advice. Um, I actually spoke to Patrick Grady, who, um, who I know, um, and also our local MPs. Patrick was down in Westminster still, um, and he raised um, the whole issue of um, HMRC in terms of the how, how the GNS that we were going to use could be denatured. Um, and there was various other conversations then with the Scots Whiskey Association, Scotland Food and Drink. And, and we started probably, um, after about a week, started to get some sort of traction that um, a, you know, HMRC were taking this seriously. There was a, and the, the part for us that was really important, so a lot of people were trying to get um, a hand sanitizer um, out the door to people who were desperately in need for it, but they were having to, you know, they weren't making any money. They were basically traveling. The main part of that was a duty. So, you know, the, if you're 
looking at a, a liter of um, a of duty, you know, that's twenty eight pounds, whatever it is per liter of of hundred percent. The GNA or the hand sanitizer has to be seventy percent. So the vast majority of the cost was basically going to be made up of duty, which just seemed bonkers to me. Um, and so we 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 sort of put all the wheels in motion behind the scenes. We got hold of a. Uh, um, some glycerol, we got hold of um, uh, some hydrogen peroxide, but not enough um, uh, to, to, to allow us to do it. But we couldn't actually press the go button, or I wasn't prepared to press the go button until I knew that we had something from HMRC that basically said this was going to come back and bite us um, in a big style. And, and, I, and I got the impression from Patrick and a number of other people that you know things were moving. <clears throat> and then um, simultaneously, about the Tuesday or the Wednesday, um, uh, after it had been discussed in Westminster um, and various other places, um, a, a note came out from HMRC basically um, saying that all, all distilleries could proceed um, to denature um, alcohol um, a, and just uh, that the duty would be null and void. So it was. Uh, so, so it was basically a, a the, the last final. Um, a key to the jigsaw was basically unlocked. Um, that allowed us to um, then go into a, not I wouldn't say full production, but we have produced quite a lot. The next problem we had was containers to put it in, um, which we could not get for love nor money. Um, so we eventually secured some two and a half litre containers um, uh, and a sufficient quantity of that um, to allow us to be able to, 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 to get something into the marketplace. The other thing which became apparent to us at that time was that the, 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 the sanitizer that we were creating was quite um, fluid, and so it wasn't gel-based because we couldn't get any aloe vera to thicken it up. So we were using it around the distillery at that time, and so everybody had their personal bottles. We were putting it into spray bottles and spraying everywhere with it. And so then our recommendations changed to everybody that we were going to supply to that, look, we will supply it to you in containers from two and a half, of two and a half thousand, or sorry, two and a half litres. Um, but you then, we recommend you decant it into um, spray bottles. Um, to, and Eleanor and Seb made a video to show how that was going. We then seconded Eleanor into um, basically headed up because it was taking up all of my time and uh, I had plenty of other things to to worry about. Um, uh, so Elmer stepped into the fray. Um, I also uh, recruited my children because um, so that, that with um, we were going to use our um, small bottling line, which we hadn't used for ages, and it just made more sense for the majority of time that that was being used, that it was me plus my kids on the, on, on the bottling line to minimize the risk to any of uh, the rest of our staff. Um, uh, and we started basically um, and we just made it up as we went along. So the two and a half liter containers, and um, they're plastic. When you put them on the bottling line, they didn't fill because just the way it works, it basically sucked all the air out of them. So the containers collapsed. So we then were trying to go right. Oh, how are we going to fill them up? So we had to use um, a one liter glass bottles and half liter macro bottles. So two and a half. Um, so we were basically filling um, a glass liter bottles and half liter bottles. And pouring those into the um, a, the, the two and a half liter plastic containers, um, and we got a system that worked, um, and uh, we were then very, 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 very busy for oh, geez, ten days, I guess, where we were basically 
doing nothing in the distillery out with um or certainly well with, with the the team that was doing that <clears throat> behind the scenes then eleanor was pulling together everything um in terms of we set up a separate email address sanitizer at plasmadistillery.com to direct people there so we could create um put some sense um and order into um all the inquiries that we were coming in were which were everything from can you supply us ABCs of it to um, uh, help I'm a ambulance driver kind of come pick up two and a half litres. Eleanor Quigley found her role changing from working on the distillery's marketing to dealing with the logistics of supply and demand for the hand sanitizer, as requests started to flood in from near and far. I guess it kind of got drafted in um, to essentially yeah, manage it, um, which I think most of the management kind of comes down to managing the sanitizer at Glasgow Distillery email address. So by the time I'd kind of gotten onto that, someone else was, was doing it at the time, but the time I'd kind of gotten onto that at the start, we had about 200 emails that hadn't even been read in the, in the inbox. So, uh, lots and lots and lots of emails. Um, I guess uh, at that time we were still trying to, I think, get some containers on the go. So all these emails were coming in and we were still trying to kind of figure it out in the facility. But obviously once um, we started putting them into bottles and stuff, um, we could get back to lots of organisations. And the organisations have been so different. Like, we've had the police, we've had the Royal Mail, we've had uh, massive care homes that have, like, 70 to 100 different care homes. Uh, we've had people in England, we've had people all the way up north in Scotland. Uh, you name it, we've had it. We've had individuals get in touch, asked to buy it because their parents ill, or it's just been absolutely crazy. It's been so many different types of organisations. And I think maybe one of the harder things was trying to figure out who was a priority and why they were, were a priority. Because we have about, I guess, 7,000 litres, so about 2,800, 2.5 litre containers, which maybe it's not a lot compared to Diageo and stuff, but um, it, is, it is quite a bit. So we could help a lot of the smaller organisations as well, which we were adamant on doing. We wanted to help GP surgeries. Um, we wanted to help, yeah, the NHS like different wards within hospitals, etc. So, and the uh, and the charities that 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 we knew were reliant on um, a donations from outside, like the Simon Community, um, uh, which um, we, we we donated a lot to, and they, and they were very grateful. So it was between Ellen and I. It was it was um, a you know, how do we prioritize? And you know, I, I know. The, on the NHS, the guys in the front line are having to make decisions that um, I wouldn't wish on anybody. But for us, it was, you know, if a big commercial organization was basically saying, can we take this? Then the answer was no. Um, uh, we, we weren't interested and in, it's not a profit making um, opportunity for us. Um, it's, it's about trying to get something to um, the people that really desperately, desperately need it. And, uh, um, you know, I only wish we could make um, PPE as well and uh, get it out to these people, but unfortunately we can't. Um, so, uh, that, that, and, and Eleanor's had some really emotional experiences in terms of um, a, a lovely thank yous and uh, um, uh, Eleanor has dropped stuff off at the Beats and I've dropped stuff off at um, hospices, whether it's a uh, um, Chaz up at uh, um, at Balak. Um, and you know the, the the gratitude of people, and you know that it has been very very humbling. In reality, 
um, it shouldn't be us that's um, gratifying in terms of um, what they're doing because they're the ones who are actually putting themselves on the line rather than us. All we're doing is redirecting some stuff some, uh, uh, and getting them something that's desperately in need. Eleanor, I don't know if there's any of the um, stories that you want to just uh, highlight, maybe two or three of the ones that um, have meant a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, as I say, we've had, I mean, we've uh, one of the kind of shocking things was I've had a lot of emails about people that had couldn't procure hand sanitizer through their normal ways, so they've had to go somewhere else, and that somewhere else is charging them about, I think I heard someone was charging £20 for a litre. So considering we're not even charging for the majority of our rooms, we're giving it free of charge in terms of the GP surgeries, the smaller kind of places. If a big care home group gets in touch and they have maybe 60 care homes and they can't afford to pay £1 DT cost price per litre, then we will ask for that for the bigger ones that can't afford it. But I think it's, it's been really alarming when people have gotten in touch to say that we're paying £20 for a litre of hand sanitizer, which is just ridiculous. So I've had some like really shock, heard some really shocking stories like that. I guess um, everything's different. I mean, we had two ambulances come to the distillery and that's when it was really real because I was handing out to maybe just individuals to take to their care homes. But then when two ambulances came came over and someone on their motorbike with emergency uh, blood, it was taking blood between hospitals and stuff, it just became very real. So as I say, a massive mix of things, seeing the ambulances, um, maybe going to the beats and seeing the people that you're actually giving it to in their work situation. Um, yeah, there's been there's lots there's times where I've teared up as well. We've had nice notes from care home managers, etc. So, um, they really yeah they're really saying this that you're genuinely saving lives when you hand over a, a container. They're saying you're genuinely saving lives here. So, um, yeah, I can, I can imagine. Um, but so so people have been coming to the distillery as well as you taking the hand sanitizer to them. It's been kind of working both ways. Yeah. So I guess obviously, well, there's not that many of us in the distillery at the moment. So, um. The one thing in terms of when I was trying to figure out who was a priority for us, um, we wanted to get the people that could come to collect in first, because if you can't come and collect, we've got the containers ready, just come. So we're trying to get everyone in the first couple of days that could come and collect and try to arrange deliveries um, if they couldn't. To be honest, everyone, it just shows how desperate everyone has been because 95% of people that have, um, that have the sanitizer now have come to collect it. So it's been crazy. Like, people generally aren't waiting for a delivery. They're coming right away as soon as I say, yes, there's however many containers here with your name on it. So um, in terms of logistics, I guess it's been fairly easy. Uh, yes, there's been a few deliveries, but um, most people just come to collect it at the distillery. So is it everything now at the distillery geared towards producing the hand sanitizer? Hand sanitizer? No, we, we, we set up a separate operation to do that. So the, um, and again, that's why it's been um, really helpful using my children because it's uh, we're not we're, we're trying not to we, we've got limited enough people here as it is because we've got a number of people on furlough, um, a, and obviously with the social distancing, um, we're keeping the staff that are in the distillery to an absolute minimum and trying to keep people apart. So it made more sense to set it up as pretty much a distinct. Um, a small operation that we basically operate um, in a separate part of the distillery and it has no impact. The distillers have nothing to do with it at all um, other than just uh, um, just overseeing and making sure that everything's okay. The rest of it, um, between Eleanor and myself, we just basically made it happen. We've heard so much about different distilleries 
turning over production to, to producing hand sanitizer. What, what do you actually need to do to create hand sanitizer? We, we, we've taken a different approach, Richard. So um, most of the distilleries are not most. Um, a lot of the distilleries that are producing um, hand sanitizer in large quantities um, and talking about Scotch whiskey or grain distilleries. Um, so it doesn't actually make any sense to us to basically take our single malt um, uh, and, and turn that into hand sanitizer. That just It just doesn't make any sense. And we're obviously not a grain distillery. So so we've been basically um, uh, utilizing our GNS that we use for our gin and our vodka um, uh, operations. And we've been using that. Uh, now we are, we're at a stage where we're almost out of that. Um, I can't get hold of any more of it at this moment in time. Um, so once we've worked our way through that, um, we, we, we can't do any more because simply we've just run out of the ingredients to actually u- utilize to do that. Um, and a lot of the smaller distilleries have been doing the same thing. So they've been using GNS um, <clears throat> that they would normally use in their gin or their vodka operations to basically do that. The bigger distilleries obviously have got a, a much different kind and scale of operation. Um, and it's, it's a lot easier to um, turn a grain distillery into uh, to be able to pump out millions and millions of litres of, um, uh, of, of, of high um, uh, high APV uh, uh, liquid that they can utilise quickly into that. And I believe that's that's what's happening. I think I was on a briefing with um, the SWA. We have a weekly call, um, uh, which was on last on Thursday last week. And I think the estimation is that the industry will contribute um, the equivalent of 50 million litres of GNS, oh sorry, of hand sanitizer um, over the next eight weeks, which is obviously a hell of a lot. Yeah. So our, our, our part in it has been very small, but you know, we, 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 there's only so much that you can do within the capabilities that you have. So um, I think it's been, uh, um, I think for us, um, we, we, we sort of stumbled into it without any real knowledge or understanding of, uh, of, of how desperate people were out there. Um, if we could do more, we, we could, but we, we're now limited by um, the, 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 the actual ingredients to make anymore. Yeah. What else do you need apart from the, the neutral spirit? The neutral spirit's the key element. Um, uh, getting hold of now at this moment in time, um, Martin Murray at uh, um, at Rock Rose gave us a um, uh, they 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 ended up ordering too much hydrogen peroxide, so they've given us quite a bit of that. Um, so we've got plenty of that. Um, Glycerol's much easier to get. Um, the uh, the container companies seem to have um, come back come back to life, either that um, they're back at work or. They've just their supply chains have come back to play. So it's, so basically, it's <clears throat> the main blocker at the moment is uh, is GNS. Um, our main supplier that we get from have been very good. They've, they've they've given us as much as they can, but they're now out, and their next delivery is at least five weeks away. And uh, in the meantime, you're able to continue with the production of the whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our whiskey production is a, um, a obviously with all of the um, the advice from the government and the Scots Whiskey Association. We're following all of those um, uh, very carefully. Um, I, we have continued producing whiskey um, all the way through this to date. Well, there might be a shortage, a shortage of gin and vodka in the future. Uh, possibly, possibly, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, 
uh, it's everything's about scale, isn't it? Um, uh, you know, even for us, that we had to weigh up the balance. Um, the priority always was was the safety of our people, um, um, but equally, just shutting the distillery um, it was going to take some time to do to do it safely. Um, you can't just turn a whiskey distillery off. There's a lot of things that come into play in that. And the advice was, if you can do it safely, and because we're um, small, um, we've got lots of, uh, you know, the, the, there's a lot of ventilation in here. Um, we only have two distillers in pretty much most of the time. And given the space that they're in, it's not very difficult for them to, to, to maintain a distance. So, um, hey. While we were able to do that and massively cutting back on uh, our office staff and minimizing people in that environment, then I, I guess to a certain degree it's been relatively straightforward for us to continue doing that without, uh, while um, ensuring everybody's safety as much as we possibly can. And what's the kind of business outlook then, Liam? Uh, is it are you able to predict at all how this is going to impact you in the longer term? Uh, longer term, um, I am reasonably confident that um, a, it, it won't have any long-term impact. Um, but uh, you know, we've we've rejigged our business plans. Um, the, you know, the next few months are grim. Um, uh, we have uh, um, some big launches in May, um, I, which were always in the in, in the pipeline anyway. Um, we have our triple distilled um, coming out, which is the third part of our um, uh, key uh, Glasgow 1770 single malt range. Um, and we're also doing a blended malt, um, which we're very excited about, which is coming out in May as well. Um, and we're just pulling the final parts of that. So as, as long as the supply chains um, remain robust in terms of allowing us to take those products to marketplace, and we can ship them, and the markets that we're trying to ship them to have reopened. Um, then, uh, in medium to long term, uh, we should be okay. Um, uh, but short term, you know, basically sales have fallen off the edge of a cliff. You know, it's there's no, <laughs> they just have, um, I, I, and there's no there's no way to dress that up. It just it just is what it is. Um, but ultimately, and and again, it's one of the key reasons why. Um, while we were able to safely continue to operate um, and laying down whiskey, um, whiskey, as we all know, is, is a long-term game. Um, so the whiskey that we're laying down today is not going to be available for sale anytime in the near future. Um, a, and probably long after coronavirus is nothing but um, a horrible memory that, uh, um, that, that, that we will all at some point in time joke about in a pub um, if we ever get back into one of those. Um, so, so whiskey's a long-term game um, and uh, over the history of whiskey it's had many dips and troughs and uh, um, if you're in this game for the short term then it's not a game for you so um, for us it was just really important that we continue as long as we can do it safely um, uh, and within the guidelines and um, to continue to produce and lay down whiskey and that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah and, uh, and, and quite an experience for you Eleanor to, to kind of shift roles like this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm normally doing digital marketing and PR. So if I thought four weeks ago I'd be handing out hand sanitizer to hundreds of organisations, it's it's just crazy. But um, yeah, definitely very rewarding. So um, that's good to keep keep going. But um, yeah, really really interesting. I think like from my end in terms of I don't 
I guess maybe you're interested in some of the, the stats that we've been doing as a distillery. So uh, I'd written down a few. I think we've helped maybe like 150 to 200 organisations. Um, and I think like roughly every day, just because obviously it's myself and Liam and just one or two different people we've handed out between like 1,500 and 2,000 litres um, a day for the last couple of days. So, um, so yeah, so it's been it's been crazy. Obviously, helping one organisation is great, let alone 150 to 200 of them. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it. I guess um, we'll be running out soon, so I'll be able to get back to my day job after. But um, yeah, it's been really, really great experience. We're still not sure when any of us will be returning to what we thought of as our normal day jobs. But in the meantime, the good work by distilleries such as Glasgow and many others across the whisky and drinks industry is continuing and much appreciated by all. That's all from this issue of Whisky Talk, where you can keep up to date with everything that's happening at the Scotch Malt Whisky Society and get much more whisky news in our virtual members room at smws.com. Until the next time, stay safe and cheers. <laughs>